Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show. My name is Jade, Chief Operating Officer for Social Curator, and I'm so excited to introduce you to an amazing podcast episode we have for you. Today, you get to be a fly on the wall for a coaching session Jasmine had with a few Social Curator users on everything from leveraging video in your business to getting personal on social media without making it awkward and everything in between. No matter how many years you've been in business or what industry you're in, every business owner will take something away from Jasmine's insights in this episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's jump right in. Hi, Jasmine. Thanks so much for having me here. I am Becky Launder, and my business is Modern Direct Seller. So I work with direct sellers and direct sales companies to build a profitable business with training systems and strategy. So my question for you is with so much focus these days on social media around video, I would love just your very best tips on how to leverage video in my business without spending countless hours recording and editing and producing video content. Well, there's two ways to answer this question because the truth of the matter is if I could sell a bullet, if I could sell the solution, I'd probably be a billionaire. It's just that the reason why video performs so well is because it takes a lot of time to create. And because it takes a lot of time to create, very few people create it. And when very few people create something that performs very well, they get the lion's share of attention. So there are two answers to this very basic but super complex question. And the answer is, you're going to have to reappropriate your time unless you have just a magical few hours in your day that are uncalled for. If you happen to have time that you are spending watching Netflix, if you happen to have time that is not allocated to your business, that you are willing to shift over into content creation, thumbs up. That's what you're going to have to do. If for some reason you say, no, Jasmine, I'm fully tapped out. I can't possibly think of another thing to add. Then that answer becomes something else must be replaced in the business. And if you're not willing to replace anything in the business because you need to be doing it, then you're going to have to hire somebody to come and create the content with you and then handle the editing on the back end. Mm. There's no mincing words about it. However, when done correctly, and the only way you get to correct, because correct for me is different than your version of correct, because we have different followers and different offers and different things. Like once we figure that out, it, it really only comes on the back of doing it again and again and again. So even when a group of people who listen to this conversation to choose path one, two, or three, even when that happens, those few people that do it, the vast majority of people will stop at the 20% mark because they're not seeing results from their time, money, or efforts. And what I am here to talk about is the very few people that continue to do it despite not seeing the initial results. Those are the people who will, in the future, get the lion's share. So that's my, like, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And now let's get into, like, practical conversations because I, I've seen the future or I see what's happening in the future. 
and the future is video, period. Everybody freaked out when Adam Mosseri, CEO of Instagram, said, oh, well, Instagram's you know, not a photo sharing platform anymore. And I'm just like, everyone's freaking out. And I'm like, yo, that's been the case. And it's been the case for a while when people are saying, oh, my engagement has dropped. Well, engagement for reels has increased and engagement for photos has dropped. I mean, it's not math. Like we see where attention is going and this has always been the case. So to be fair, I've said it before and I've said it in the social curator group, photos are still going to be a part of Instagram, period the end. If you are producing photos that are getting wild engagement, you're a-okay. This is not going to affect you because if you know how to parlay and present yourself in photos, you're going to be fine. It's the people who are winning in the middle of the pack or really down low. They're just like, I'm just putting something out there to put something out there. Those posts aren't going to go anywhere anymore. So if we know that the video, that video is the future, then our objective would be to decide what types of video would be worth our time. And it depends entirely on your follower. I think personally, if I had to guess, I think direct sellers, I think you would kill it with reels. I think you would kill it. Direct sellers, the vast majority of them are, this is like a side hustle. This is a business with training wheels. So they don't have the time to sit and watch a 30 minute tutorial. They want to consume information. They want the dopamine hit. They want to feel like they learned something and then think fondly of you and then run. So by the time they're ready to invest in coaching or courses or subscribing to an email list, you're at the top of their mind because you've already given them enough dopamine to be like, I like you, I know you, and I trust you. So when it comes to creating time for video, you simply have to choose one of three paths. And the question I have for you right now, and don't worry, no one's going to hold you to it. But what do you think your path is going to be if you decide that video is what you want to pursue? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good question. I've definitely produced and edited my own reels. And I mean, it does. It takes time. My calendar is pretty maxed out. But I do have a team. And I have a team that I work with. And I that's one piece that I know I can't outsource. Like, it has to be me in my face showing up, doing the thing on camera. But possibly the editing or the production of that could come from others that are supporting me in the business. Yep. And if at the time that you realize that, you know, honestly, if it comes to creating a reel, I don't know how much time you would save by outsourcing that edit. Yeah. So if if we're just talking real to real business owner, because you've done the work and you have a team, then I'll just tell you that you have to outsource something else. Like you have to give another team member something else even though you might love it because you know that efficiently and profitability wise, it's faster for you to plan, create and edit it and then have it in your cache without being tethered to somebody else. Like, Oh no, no, no. This edit was supposed to be here. And this text is supposed to be that, that back and forth costs money and time. If I were you, I'd be looking at what your list is and being like, okay, I have to give something else up. I am still in control of like marketing because it's still like my name, my face. I'm still hands-on in it. I don't think that it has to be the answer for everybody, but hearing what you just said, I'm like, oh, that's probably the answer for you. Yeah, no, that's great feedback. But I feel like I didn't tap on, like, do you want some practical tips? Like, what are we like, how do we like dive in? Like, if you're saying like, I want to create reels and I know that I need to be the one who's like deploying and editing, then what's the thing that you're going to outsource? What's left? To, oh, what's left to outsource? <laughs> oh, that's good. Dang, that's, that is that's amazing. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think that there there is probably aspects of the business that other people could help with, and so I could I could focus in more on the video. Um, okay, so I let's do just a lot get of live video like in my groups and in my membership, and so there is a lot of me showing up in different places already. So is your group private? 
Um, it's a public, well, public Facebook group. Yeah. That you can okay. go to. So, yeah. Okay. But, but unless I'm opted in, I'm not going to see that content. And then if, unless I'm a part of your membership, I'm not going to see your content. So we have siloed content and it's powerful that you're going live. But if we already established that the average person doesn't maybe see have 28 minutes for one of your pop-in lives for the group, you're going to have a hard time getting discovered. And if the game right now is to get discovered, your objective would be to create content that is highly discoverable. So if then that became the case, I would highly suggest, and I'm talking to a person of my own ilk, and that's to say, I am going to be creating reels for six hours on this day. And that's what I do. I create reels for six hours every other Friday. It is a grind. It feels like a part-time job. I am laying out all my clothes in advance and all the jewelry. And I think to myself, this, this is what I'm doing as a, like a multi seven figure business owner. I'm laying out props. And then I change it to, I get to do this for some reason. I am sharpening my teeth, doing the grind so that one day, one day, maybe I have a stylist. Maybe I get that. But until then, this is what I'm going to do to get to where I want to go. And good news is that in three years, I don't know if reels are going to be a thing. It'll be the next thing. And I'm going to be like, this, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, honey, that's the game. So it's buck up buttercup, do the thing that gets the most attention, plan over index for it and deploy against the strategy. Speaking of strategies, when it comes back down time, it's just like planning takes just as much time as execution. But the more you plan, the better and quicker the edits will go. So as I'm watching Reels, as I'm watching TikToks, I'm saving them to be like, oh, I like this idea. And then what I want to do is I want to look at that and then recontextualize it. Maybe somebody's talking about softball players. And I'm like, oh, I could totally use this, but for business owners. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a cache and then I'm going to be following like the social curator seven categories. I need a reel about me. I need a reel about benefits. I need a reel about testimonials or whatever the case may be. And I go in and I'm like, okay, I have a cache. I'm like, I want to do this one, this one, this one. Great. I pick the whatever, five or six reels that I want to record during this time. Then I go through, I need two outfits for this one. I need one outfit for this one. I need one outfit for this one. So I kick out my outfits. I know what I'm going to do. And then I go in and I'm like, I don't want to sit there as I'm recording the reel and then think about the text or the copy on the reel. So I look at that and I'm like, oh, this is the copy I need to write. So I write the three lines of copy. It is literally on a dock. And I go in and I'm like, dang, I got a plan. I'm not happy with the plan. And the plan makes me sweat and the plan makes me want to cry. But when I'm posting it, everyone's like, oh my God, you're, I'm seeing you everywhere in reels. And I was like, yeah, because I have a plan. I have time. I have a strategy and I get a lot of support. Like the team, like this is, I'm literally telling you what I had to do. I had to give up things and I had to invite the team in to be like, I can't do it all. How do I make this happen? I did my business on my own for 12 years. It is possible. This issue, this month's issue of social curator, how to batch three reels in an hour, did that by myself. We had the videographers and they were like recording it, but I showed people how to do the three reels in one hour on my own. It is possible. It just, do you want to do it? And that then becomes the question. Oh, I so appreciate that. And I appreciate you being real about it because I know, and I'm sure a lot of others can relate. Like it feels silly. It feels silly. And you're no, like, it is silly. running this big business and no, it is sitting silly. here doing these silly little 15 minute videos. Shouldn't I be doing bigger things? <laughs> and so oh. I think it's just a matter of committing to it and realizing you're right. It's just, it's part of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's fascinating. It. If you ever ask my parents, like, what does Jasmine do? They would be like, she dances. She points and helps business owners. Like they don't know how to describe it. And when I do it in public, I feel stupid. I totally feel judged. I feel awkward. I want to crawl out of my skin. And then you want to say what? Like, oh, oh wait, I'm sorry. I can't hear you over the 
ding, ding, ding in my bank account. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Next. Like, I don't care. You know, you get to do, you know, you get to say something else. You get to say, I can't hear you over the time I'm spending with my child because my business is running as a result of this. Somebody else gets to say, Oh, I can't hear you over the, the hum of the Pacific ocean when I'm taking my family on an Alaskan cruise. Oh, I can't hear you. Whatever it is for you. You get to say your opinion will not stop me from doing the very thing that I want to do. So go on and judge. I'm happy because I know where I'm going. So anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent. Thank you for coming. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, Becky, thank you for showing up. I look forward after like the dust has settled. I want you to send me uh, a DM and I want you to tell me what you're going to outsource because that will, (laughs) that will be the piece of accountability. How can people find you and your awesomeness in regards to direct selling on Instagram? Thank you. I am at Modern Direct Seller on Instagram and over on Facebook at Modern Direct Seller as well. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Jasmine. I'm Heather Stanker and my business is called Chaos and Cookies. And my mission is keeping moms from crumbling. Oh, that's cute. And you like that. I know. I do. That's cute. That's cute. (laughs) That's real cute. Chaos and Cookies, keeping moms from crumbling. Okay. My ears are already perked. I'm already in it. Right. And I'm a mom of three. And the, the name behind it is because it's chaos all the time when you're a mom. And no matter how much you clean, there's always crumbs, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> and I am chaos coordinator, a simplifier, and a productivity coach. And I help moms overcome their objections through planning and prep with my chaos control system. It's initially an SOP for your home, a standard operating procedure. And my background is in marketing. And my question is, it dances a fine line. And that is the reason why I created this product and program for moms and wives is to equip them to do what they need to do to live their life the way they want to. And if they are in a situation where they want to maybe leave, they can gather information and feel confident and overcome their own objections. My question is, how do you? Or how do I convey that message out to the world without people reading between the lines and putting your, you know, families at risk, jobs, and such like that? So I'm going to repeat back what I think the question is. Okay. You empower moms to live a streamlined life by subscribing to your standard operating procedures and you create content to empower them to create a family and life that they love. But if they're not happy, you're going to give them the support and resources to leave a situation that isn't serving them? Yes and no. So I'm struggling about how to tell my story about why I created the system for moms without putting my family on blast and things like that to read between the lines because oh. the chaos because the chaos control it. system is like you. a family playbook, right? It's literally a manual for your life and for your home. Anything you can think of for any spouse, family, medication. I mean, you name it, it's in there. So if someone would need to come in and just step in without you having to like go through it, cause you're trying to make things happen or you're dealing with something that someone can just, I got it. Peace of mind. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start here. And, uh, Brené Brown says that we should talk about things from a scar, not a wound. So a scar has been something that has been healed over. We could still see the remnants of it, but it's not at the place where it could open. And it's not at a place where we still feel the pain. 
If we're talking about something from a wound, it shouldn't be something that's displayed openly for the public because we ourselves have it healed and moved past from that. So if you're saying, I know Jasmine, it's a scar. I'm really good. Well, then what we say about a particular situation, number one, you could absolutely run it by the people who you think it might impact. But if it is also your truth, and if you also believe that it is your purpose, and if you also believe that other people need to hear and specifically know that this exists, then after you've done due diligence to run it by people and say it is with the best intention that we're going to serve a higher purpose, and you say it, and it is your truth, and you go, then that shouldn't be in the back of your mind. If it's the back of your mind, the question that I lead is like, oh, maybe it's not the best time to talk about it. And if it's not the best time to talk about it, it doesn't mean that your business success hinges upon it. You could absolutely talk about a tragic, and I'm not saying it's tragic. I don't know. I'm just saying, let's go to the worst case scenario. You could absolutely positively talk about a tragic life-changing experience without getting into the details. We can absolutely say, and this is not for you, I can sit here and say openly without giving any information for my family that my family struggles with addiction, mental illness, cancer, and family fragmentation. And I don't have to say anything more because people who just heard that have identified with any one of those and say, I got you. It's a code word. And so I want to encourage you that if you're not okay sharing the story and the transformation, no problem. But at the same time, we won't have to share everything to be positioned as authorities or leaders or thought makers in that industry. How is that settling right now? Good. It's more of a positioning question. How do you position it to a place where you can not have to halt your business or I've been positioning it in a way where it's, Yes, like people can prepare for if like a spouse has a heart attack and or whatnot. But do people really do that? Mm, not really. It's usually an afterthought. The true reason why is because it's something that's very relevant and it makes a lot more sense. And so trying to position it in a way where it makes sense, because when you talk about an SOP for your home, oh, that's really great. Who's going to have the time unless you have a real reason? And then on the other side of my business, it's I'm a social media expert and I help automate systems and get businesses up and running quickly, smarter, not harder, so you can create own income in case that's one of your barriers. So can you explain your question to me like I'm five? I just want to make sure that I answer your question because yes. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm tapping because if you're talking no, you about are. positioning. Oh, okay. Okay. You okay. Are. Okay. I was, okay. It's how do you appropriately position yourself in business to get the true purpose and reason for what you are doing and what you're trying to help without it becoming very neon sign for yourself at an inappropriate time. If that was the question, then I stand by the previous answer is like, it's either we run it by everybody, we get everybody to co-sign and everybody has it like, okay, we're cool. We see that this is serving something bigger. And if that's not the case, then we can just use words to say that you're broadcasting a familiarity. And that for somebody who wants to go deeper, they will hundred percent contact you with that. And you don't have to go anything deeper. Right. That makes sense. Cool. Heather, how can people find you and your family playbook and your SOPs and your system automation on Instagram? So you can find me at Heather Stenker and you can also find me at chaos and cookies. And I also have a a podcast called chaos and cookies podcast. (laughs) 
I love that. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and sharing your space with us. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Hi, I'm Rosanna Gill, and um, I have a podcast called Breaking Labels. And my question is, how do I create content consistently for, I have an Instagram for my podcast and then personal, um, and I'm trying to figure out how to create enough content to matter for both of them without getting burnt out. Yeah. So first I'm going to suggest, well, no, first I want to acknowledge that that is real, that running two Instagram accounts is a lot of work. And so once you've decided how much you want to show up on each, then you honor that. But I'm not going to come out here and be like, girl, Rosanna, you need to post seven days on this account and seven days on that account. And you're like, I'm supposed to come over 14 posts a week. Like, how do I keep up with this? So what I want you to do is to plan your content to the best of your ability, because there are people who are following Rosanna for Rosanna. And then there's people who are following for the podcast. There, there could be an overlap. There might not be. So we want to treat the audiences independent of each other. And then what I want you to do is identify what posts actually work for the podcast audience. Not all posts will, some will. And of the posts that actually work for the podcast audience, I would start putting a cachet. I would start like saving them on Instagram. And then as a note, when you're like, I really need to push something out there is you are creating unique content for that podcast account, but you're also repurposing content from the Rosanna account to the podcast account a couple weeks later, three, four weeks later, because if 3% of your followers are seeing that post, three or 4% are seeing that post, even if you have a crossover audience on the other account, it might not be the same 3%. Chances are it won't be the three, same 3%. And so it's okay for you to repurpose content that feels like it's ideal to the end viewer. You don't want to repurpose all of your content because then what's the purpose of people following? You want to make sure that you have some exclusive content on each of those accounts. But every so often, it is okay for you to say, you know what? This is a really strong post that I think that podcast listeners are really going to enjoy. Chances are they will have not seen it on the other account if I wait a few weeks and post it at a different time. It's staggering the content with a strategy, knowing that you're serving the end user in a way that they appreciate because the content feels tailored for them. So the answer is some exclusive content on each of the accounts and then finding a staggering strategy that works at a later point in time for this, for the users on the second account. Okay. I have a follow-up question that came Ah. from your response to Heather earlier. I have a feeling I've done a little bit of the oversharing TMI on the podcast. Do I delete those episodes? What makes you say that? I was very specific about some stuff. I've kind of been the Forrest Gump of labels. So that's why I started the podcast. So in telling my story and sometimes family stories, I think maybe there was more wound action going on than scar than I realized before you said that. So just wondering like, what now? (laughs) You know the answer. You know the answer. And it takes a lot to admit that. It's hard. And so how do we address a wound? that has been opened. We try to fix it, try to heal it. And so if you know, and you feel, and I I feel like you do, because I feel it too, that maybe you might've said something about someone without their permission or to yourself first and foremost, that maybe you need to apologize to the inner person who wasn't entirely healed. It's like, I'm sorry that I spoke at a turn. 
And then you speak to anybody else who you might have spoken about, say, this is what happened. I own my mistake. I apologize. I have taken it off. And is there anything that I can do in the future to respect your boundaries? Mm-hmm. And then you give them space. And there's a chance that they'll probably still be upset. And there's a chance that they'll forgive you. Either way, Rosanna has to do the most that Rosanna can do to rectify the situation. And then you need to, you open the wound again. So we're further from a scar than we were when you created that. So we have to acknowledge that the time healing will be longer than what was originally anticipated. And then we honor it. And then we learn from it. And this is coming from a person who has spoken far too many times from a wound than a scar. So I was like, let me show you the way. I've been there. You're not alone. And you're not the first person. And you won't be the last. But your intuition was strong enough to let you know that a couple things have to come down. You're going to make it right. And I start where you are. And you want to know what? This is a beautiful podcast episode in the making. And you're not going to talk about it. You're not going to talk about what you spoke about. You're going to say, I have to take a few down because of this. And man, people listen differently. People trust you differently. And people say that whatever it is you are saying, I'm going to trust you because you're modeling the thing that you're saying. Thank you. You're welcome. That took a turn that none of us were expecting. And the reason you were here was not to necessarily talk about repurposing content. The reason you were here was to hear a truth in that, like, this is a gift. If you had not been here, something would have happened maybe down the line to give a wake-up call in a way that hurts a lot more. So this hurts. We're going to give thankfulness and gratitude for what this is and what the future is saving up for us. I appreciate you. How can people find you on Instagram and your podcast? Um, on Instagram, rosanna.e.gill. And the Instagram pod- for the podcast is Breaking Labels Podcast. I love it. I love it. I own it. I appreciate you being here a thousand times over. Truly. Uh, yeah. Being brave and strong. Man, I started this conversation by saying we're vessels. So I want you to know, Rosanna, it's not about you. It feels like everybody's looking or feeling or hearing you, and it's not. There's somebody out there. They don't have a podcast, but they needed to hear this. And so thank you for being vulnerable, and thank you for changing not your life, but multiple people who are listening. I appreciate you. Thank you, babe. Thank you. I'm Robbie Page from Texas, and a very passionate woman who loves to stand for women. I, like I, I, I am so empowered to empower women, regardless of where they're at in life, to change their whole life by changing their thinking. And so I've been able to help so many women in so many different walks of life. And when you are talking about the value center, you know, one of the things I love is to see lives just completely change just from a few moments with them, whether it be belly to belly or, you know, group coaching or Facebook or whatever it may be. And so I wanted to ask you as a coach who loves to coach really no matter the topic in a world that seems like you could get free coaching anywhere, whether it's Google, you know, now, whether it's an Instagram live, whatever it might be, what would be your wisdom on how to source and grow your coaching practice in this free world of wisdom that we live in? So we actually recently had a podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. 
And I feel like it's a sleeper podcast. And this sleeper podcast is, should you share all of your content for free? And so much time and energy went into this. And um, I feel like it's if I had to tell somebody one podcast episode to listen to, it would be that one because we did a deep dive on what it means for us to share. And I think it's a little beautiful and funny and ironic that you're talking about coaching and like who would pay for coaching when it's out there for free. And I'm like, you're a member of social curator. Yeah. And you're paying even though... I don't have just content. I have a ton of content. The podcast is basically, essentially, coaching multiple times a week. And yet there are people who will continue to pay. And people will pay for different reasons. Some people want to be closer to Robbie. Mm -hmm. Some people want more coaching than what's available on the outside. Some people want proximity to Robbie, which is different than more, because let's just say you, let's just say somebody consumes everything that I have on the outside and it's still not enough. Well, then they would be a prime candidate to get more of what myself and the community leaders do now to get proximity, which would mean that if you offer higher ticket items for smaller groups, they get closer to you. And that will come with a financial advantage, even though they have seen your free content on the outside. Mm-hmm. And Also, uh, points of differentiation when it comes to the content. I am unafraid to talk about the methodologies or the marketing or the new things that are happening on social media on the outside. I talk about it on the outside and I talk about it within the community. But what we do in the community is we have accountability. So like just at the time of this recording, I did a group coaching talking about how to up-level reels. Like how are you going to use reels for your sales? What's the strategy behind that? I would not do that outward facing because we go deep within community accounts. Next week, I'm doing a reel in real time. So we're going to be announcing that everybody can be making a reel together. I'm going to be broadcasting and showing, and there's going to be hundreds, thousands of us doing a reel at the same time. And nobody has to second guess it. This is where your copy goes. This is the song you should use. Here's where you set your timer. We're going to be doing that. I would not do that to that extent on the outside. So we're offering differences. Now, I will do a live Q&A on Instagram. I don't think it's coaching. It's kind of coaching-ish. I keep all coaching for the inside of social security. We follow the QA methodology, question, underlying question, answer, and accountability. I don't do that on the outside. I don't do deep dive diagnostics on the outside. There are key differentials of what we're doing, but I need to, number one, be in my place of power. I need to build trust. And the way that you build trust is by showing people what exactly it is you do. So if you want to be known as being a coach, you got to coach and you got to do it publicly and you got to do it a lot. And then Robbie needs to take the time and say, what type of coaching exists on the outside? What type of coaching exists on the inside? And maybe they're identical, but the way that the size of the groups, like a group coaching for 20 people, group coaching for 10 people, group coaching for five people, group coaching for one. And all of those are pricing tiers, depending on how close they get to you as their coach. It could absolutely be monetized. I do not think you should be holding back what you do when it comes to coaching, but you just have to hold space for the abundance in knowing that there is a person who would spend the most craziest amount of money to get a one-on-one coaching session with you. Mm -hmm. That person exists. You just have to put out more and more content to find the person who's willing to pay for that. So would you say on social media in this ever-changing world of, I know you talk a lot, I believe it's Clubhouse and Reels, mm-hmm. and do you mm-hmm. just basically shift with the times because your audience will follow depending on what's relevant to talk about? or Sometimes they follow and sometimes they don't. 
but whatever I'm learning, like, I don't know. Do you remember that social app called Vine? Vine was like years ago and I got on Vine and it was basically the precursor to Snapchat, which is the precursor to TikTok. But you know, nothing happened with that. Do you remember an app called like Ask Whale? I hopped on that because it's a way for people to ask questions to somebody they follow and then get like an audio, a voice audio response. And what they wanted to do was monetize it. I tried it. I did it. I was a beta tester. I got interviewed for it. And then the app went nowhere. But then guess what? That primed me for Clubhouse. And so I just think that I'm just going to get in and learn different things in different ways. And so that I do believe that Instagram will at some point in the future, add an audio component to be direct competitors to Clubhouse. And do you think I'm going to be sad that the time I spent in Clubhouse was a waste? Not really, because I'll still probably be showing up in Clubhouse and then taking the skills I learned on that platform and putting it back on Instagram. So last question, when you make a shift, like I had my Periscope days and then- Oh, Periscope! <laughs> so now I'm talking about Meerkat now? Girl, we are getting dated. Okay, okay, I'm like, I'm here for it, Robbie. I am here for it, okay? I, I loved my Periscope days. I just wrapped up my Rise and Shine Facebook morning show. And as much as I've shifted to YouTube, I really miss that you that um, Facebook- Girl, Instagram Live. Instagram Live is Periscope. I feel like I don't get, you know, I may get several hundred on my Facebook live, but I feel like I get 20 or 30 on my Instagram live. And I've heard it's because of my age and my. my oh my God. Life. No. Okay. No. Number one, number one, I don't even know your age. And I know I'm just smart enough to never ask a woman from Texas what her age is, but whatever your age is, I hope I look like you. I hope I look like you when I am 49. So there's that. And then we also have to understand that there are a ton of people who are wildly older than you going on Instagram live and killing the game. So if we know that one other person is doing it, then it is possible and you can do it too. And then I have to say is like, girl, we need to shift this dang perspective because if you had a storefront in Texas and 20 people walked in that door, you would be dang overwhelmed. Right. You're right. And so all of a sudden we're on this platform. And the thing that I'm going to challenge you to do, Robbie, is to watch the numbers and pour into the 20 because the 20 is going to, it's going to get to the 40 and the 40 is going to get to the 80 because every person was like, man, I just had this thing with this person. And then they subscribe to get your notifications when you go live. Okay. And I would encourage you to find past clients or current clients with a pretty significant following. However, that is maybe you have, let's just say, let, I mean, you maybe have more, whatever. I'm just going to use an equal number 10. Let's just say you have 10 clients. And most of your clients have around a hundred followers. And then one of your clients has 300 followers. And you're like, Hey, you know what, Becky, do you think you can join me for five minutes? And can you, can we do a sample coaching session? And then what happens is that you tap into Becky's audience and they get a notification that Becky's going live with who, who is this person? Who is Robbie? And I was like, they want to creep. It's the nature of bringing different audiences in. Now, let's say you do uh, women coaching about X. And then there was another person who does financial coaching for women. Bring that expert onto your Instagram page so that you have two people with the same audience, but you're going after her followers and she's going after your followers and it's going to be cross-pollination. So you're going to turn that 20 followers into 60 followers truly by bringing in somebody else who's also going to bring a following. Okay. That's so good. So good. good. Thank you. Thank good. you. Thank you. Now I am going to quickly recap for anybody else who's listening and you might not be a coach, but what you're saying, but what we heard was there was somebody who's looking at a different platform with the opportunity to have much more bandwidth. And that's kind of just keeping her from going on a new platform. And then what I am saying is let's celebrate those who are there because it is a storefront. And then what we'll do, you talked about the strategies about bringing other people in to expand the viewership. 
And if you know you excelled and you enjoyed the process, I'm going to invite you to actually look at it as a creative endeavor. If you enjoyed Periscope, I promise you, hand to heaven, you're going to love Instagram Live. It is the same thing. And then what you need to do is you need to give yourself the permission to shine if one person shows up because the one will turn into a thousand if you have the grit and the humility and the fortitude to continue showing up and letting people know who you are there on Instagram. I love it. And shout out to all the, I'll be 50 in September. So all of us 50 year olds that don't think you can do social media, you can do social I media. I mean, because Queen, you are showing <laughs> up. I mean, I'm like, like all above a lay, but whatever skincare you use, like I'm just, I'm, I'm sell it to me, girl, sell it to me. How can people find you and your awesomeness on Instagram? Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E-P-A-G-E on all the things, whether it's YouTube, Robbie Facebook, Page. Instagram, everywhere. Podcast uh-huh. shows, the Robbie Page show. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing what's possible. Thank you for breaking the rules. Thank you for making them. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Jasmine Star Show today. I hope you feel empowered to go out and build your business after hearing Jasmine's motivating advice. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review for the Jasmine Star Show on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a few minutes and it makes a huge difference to Jasmine and our team. To leave a review, simply head to the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone, find the Jasmine Star Show, scroll down to leave a five-star rating, and click write a review. We read every single one. Until next time, we hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.